It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Is there any possible way that the Dallas Cowboys could trade up for running back Bijan Robinson in the 2023 NFL Draft? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, locked On. Locked, locked, locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are answering Twitter questions today. How are you doing, sir? I'm always doing great when we're answering Twitter questions. I love hearing what everyone thinks. I love hearing people's ideas about the draft and questions. It really kind of helps, you know, get the get the wheels greased and, and thinking about new things. So uh, let's pop right into it. Yeah, we've got actually several questions about B. John yeah. Robinson, whether the Cowboys should pick him at 26, whether the Cowboys should, should consider a slight trade up. Landon, we have heard – I don't even want to say rumblings because I don't even know if that's the case. I think we've heard some prominent draft members – wonder if the Cowboys could trade up for Bijan Robinson. Do you think that is realistic at all? No, I mean, not, I mean, I think a trade up to get Bijan Robinson is in, you know, kind of without any specifics, is it possible? Sure. Like it, could it be that they trade up two or three spots to go get Bijan Robinson? That could happen. Uh, do I think that they're going to go trade up to, you know, the teens or not nine to go up to get him. No, I don't think that that's something. Well, and I've seen so many people say, Oh, Jerry Jones loves to make splashes. He's going to go up and make a big move like this. When's the last time the Cowboys have made a splash like this, like this. Yeah. It's been a while, you know, Do you know the last time they traded up in the first three rounds. I'm trying to think, uh, was it for Dez maybe, or no, the Marcus Lawrence 2014. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the the last time they traded up for a player in the top 100 picks. So like as much as people want to say Jerry Jones is aggressive like this, like they, they just don't do that very often. Yeah. So I, I tend to think that, you know, this is something that is probably a game of telephone from Stephen Jones's interview on one Oh five, three, where they threw that out there and, and Stephen didn't outright deny it. So then of course everyone speculates an outright denial is a confirmation and kind of discussed it. But I, I look. I, do I think that Bijan Robinson is on uh, uh, the list for Cowboys to, to select if he's there at twenty six? Absolutely. Absolutely, I think yes. he's on that I list. Yes. Uh, do I think that they covet Bijan Robinson? I think they do. Mm-hmm. Do I think that they're trading up to go get him? I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was a small trade up. I would be absolutely flabbergasted if it was more than three or four picks. To be honest, so. You mentioned the Dez trade, right? Like the Cowboys, I believe, went from 27 to 24 to grab yeah. Dez. If you are going to do any trade at all, for I think anybody in this class, that's what you're looking at here. I 
I cannot see the Cowboys going from like 27 to 17 for a player like Bijan because Stephen Jones, Will McClay value draft picks so much. They value building through the draft. Frankly, I don't see them doing that for really any player, especially not for a running back, even though the Cowboys might value running back more than any other team in the league. Yeah, for all the for all you cynical everydayers that are uh, that that think that the Cowboys are definitely going to trade up because they love running backs, just know that your cynical thoughts on how the Cowboys feel about draft picks is is in direct conflict with right. this. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I I I agree that the Cowboys are probably one of the teams that would draft a running back in the first round. I agree, uh, but I don't necessarily agree that the Cowboys are willing to give up a bunch of picks or especially valuable picks to move up. Uh, to go select him. And, and I just want to be clear. If he is there at 26, I actually do expect the Cowboys to pick him if he was there at yeah. 26. I just, I, I mean, I, I, I have to think that if he is there at 26, I mean, it would be hard to fault the Cowboys because he likely is his, the top player on their, on his board. If he's there on their board, if he's there. Uh, sorry. Yeah. And I, I wonder how close it even would be. Right. Like would he, let's say throwing this out, let's say he's the eighth best player on their board. Do they even have somebody else who was in the top, 15 or 16 left on the board. I kind of doubt it. So at that point you are taking the best player available. I've got mixed feelings about it because drafting a running back at four and drafting a running back at 26 are completely different things. However, this team could still fill needs at other spots. And I think in maybe better ways. So it's, I don't know. I I mean, again, I'll I'll throw this out. Like, here's my bottom line with this is that, and I think that this is the thing that we still need to quantify before we kind of have a unified theory about drafting running backs, right? Is what level of, uh, you know, a money five player, like how many good seasons of a offensive tackle or a cornerback that you draft in the first round, have to be equivalent value of five good years at running back. Because when you draft a running back in the first round, you're, you're, you're hopefully, I mean, you would hope you would, that you're going to get at least four very, very quality high, you know, productive. I mean, you almost have to, right? So where is that line of demarcation where four years of running back is less valuable than what? Two seasons of an elite offensive tackle, you know, that, so I, I think that's, where I'm still at with this is that if you're giving me a choice between drafting a running back who I feel 90% certain is going to be a productive player borderline pro bowl player. Yep. Yes. Versus drafting an unknown commodity that may need a year or two to develop. I think that that's a reasonable question to ask that is the running back a better pick at that spot. When you are getting to 26, because even throw out the names. Yeah, yeah, because think about the names that we're talking about. We're going to be talking more about Steve Avila working on the last (laughs) name. Is it Avila? Avila. Avila. Uh, We we like Steve Avila a lot. I was just throwing him out for an example. Probably best case scenario, you're getting an above average left guard. And I think that's very realistic, right? Especially for right away, right? Yeah. yeah. There's some development there, but we're talking about what are you going to be getting – on the first contract, and, and more specifically, year one and year two, right? I, I would prefer Avila, but I can at least understand the argument, hey, it's a left guard, let's say a, an above-average left guard versus a Pro Bowl running back. Those two are close enough, in my opinion, that we can at least have a conversation. Now, if you're talking about, okay, hey, it's our Nolan Smith, right? Let's say the Cowboys had a yeah. needed edge rush or whatever, and it's Nolan Smith versus Bijan Robinson. I think that's a little bit that's different, different, right? Thing. But that's just sure. – 
it, it, a lot of context needed here when you're talking about running backs in round one. Uh, that's the I think the big key there is that there is a lot of context that's required, and it's and it it down to exactly who is on the board, right? Yes. Like because I think that's all, that matters a lot. And I think the other thing too that's tough here is that Bijan Robinson is you know <laughs> as far as uh, worth it first round running back play. He, you know he's not Zeke. He's not you know some of these other guys we've seen. And on top of that, he's coming out in a year. I understand that every year has a lot of running backs, but this year really seems yeah. like it's very, very deep at running back. So go I listen to our podcast it... yesterday where we yeah, were talking exactly. about three running backs that could all be selected on day three that we like quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I think that I, that's what makes that whole question of Bijan Robinson very difficult yes. because there's depth in the class, the position, the fact that he's so versatile and he can be used kind of as a hybrid halfback running back. I mean, wide receiver situation, like, all those make this a very difficult kind of conversation. And, and, and honestly, I don't think it's clear cut whether you should be angry or mad uh, or angry or happy if, if the Cowboys drafted yeah. Bijan at 26. Well, I'll just be angry just because it's the brand. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's just, just the default, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to some more Twitter questions next. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there is no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. We've got playoffs for the basketball going on we've got baseball we had nfl draft prep uh props that you can bet on so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up fanduel the official partner of major league baseball if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to be talking about our favorite sleepers in the 2023 NFL Draft. So you guys are going to want to make sure that you tune in for that. But, Lana, let's get to uh, some more questions. This next one is from Christopher. If the Cowboys were to take a quarterback in this year's draft, they are, who are your favorite prospects on day two and day three? Well, we talked about some of these guys before. Uh, I, I, you know, I think coming out of the Senior Bowl, you know, some of the guys that I felt like I was really interested in were uh, 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 I'm completely blanking on his name now. The, the Houston kid, uh, Clayton Tune. Yep. Clayton Tune. Yep. I just talked about him, but already forgot. Yep. Clayton Tune is a guy I, I really liked uh, coming out of the Senior Bowl. Just watching what he did, went and watched a couple of his games, uh, and felt like he is very much you know that type of quarterback very productive uh at the college football level uh through for a whole bunch of yards just has a lot of experience um he just looks like a guy who 
maybe a little bit limited in his tool set. And I think that's probably why we're not talking about a guy who's you know near the top of the draft. But I think he is smart. He has a little bit of athleticism to him. He can move around a little bit. Uh, and I think he can be accurate. I think his you know arm strength is okay, but that's mm-hmm. it's pretty limited. But as far as a guy that could come in, uh, seems to be you know uh, uh, someone who could pick up an offense really well, uh, seems to be a really good fit for like a West Coast offense. Uh, I, I like him a lot. And I think well, and if you watch Tank Dell tape, right? Yeah. Like you could, yeah. there's some really nice throws from Clayton yeah. Tune where the ball is just on the money. And I I gotta say I do really like these quarterbacks coming out of school. To just have like a million passing attempts, right? Because it does seem like it's something that transfers, right? Like if you just, you got a lot of experience throwing the ball, like look at Brock Purdy last year, right? You come right in and you can have success. I I do like that a little bit. Gardner Minshew is the best example of this from the last couple of years. When he was at Washington State, comes right in and has success because he has so much experience throwing passes. I think there's a reason. I mean, this is obviously 30, 20 years since he's, you know, wrote these 30 years since he wrote these. But uh, I think the reason that Parcells had those kind of commandments for the quarterbacks he was drafting, you know, they were about uh, years in college and experience. But I think ultimately what it came down to is you want somebody who has been under fire and throwing the football because that experience is something that you cannot teach in a classroom. That's something that you have to learn on the field. So have coming into the NFL with that sort of experience, I think, you know, really helps your learning curve and, and kind of learning, uh, learning that whole situation quickly. I, w- I did want to throw out one more name uh, as a guy that, that kind of keeps, we keep hearing whispers about and, um, and, and as a guy that they could potentially be interested in. Um, and that's Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a different sort of cat than, than Toon, right? He's a little bit more statuesque, more of a, big arm thrower of the football has really has, I think he has an actually nice accuracy. Oh, I think um, his accuracy is awesome. Honestly, uh, it's yeah. Great. And I think the, the issue here is that he's extremely like stiff and limited as an athlete. Like he, um, he's going to have some Carson Wentz aspects to him because some, some of that Roethlisberger where he, he's well, going to stick. He's, he doesn't really have an option to stay no, stick in the no, bucket, no. right? What's funny is you said Wentz. I actually saw a lot of Jared Goff in this game, right? Okay. Just kind of a st- tall, statuesque quarterback. But if you give him time, he can put the ball wherever you yeah. want. Yeah, and, and that's the sacrifice you get with those quarterbacks, right? With with Wentz and with, with Roethlisberger and Goff, too, as well, is that – they will it's 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 being patient in the pocket almost to a fault right yep. and, and there's and there's pros and cons to it right if 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 someone comes open it's a big play if someone doesn't come open your quarterback is likely to take a gigantic hit so yep. uh and i think for o'connell it's it's more about just not having the physical ability to kind of escape or move around in yep. the pocket too well so he doesn't really have much of a choice i'll, I'll give you one more name before we move yeah. on jake hayner from fresno yeah. state yeah uh I kind of thought he was the best quarterback at the senior bowl this year. I know that's yeah. not uh, a, you know, a high bar to pass, but he was the MVP <laughs> of the senior bowl. See a little bit of case Keenum in his game, okay. like somebody who is really accurate in the short to intermediate stuff, but also has a little bit of athleticism to, to play make. I think that's somebody you draft fourth, fifth round and you just wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like both of those him and tune, I think are very similar. Um, probably going to be drafted similarly uh rounds uh, you know there's there's a couple of different guys in this class yep. that you know after you fall past the levises and the i mean definitely after the richardsons and all that yep. that you you, yep. you you wait a little while and you get into some of these like stetson bennett i think will be a guy a little even further down the, the road that yes. that that could be eligible so 
there's lots of guys there that you, if you're interested in developing someone that may have one or two holes that you really could uh, have some upside if you, if you are patient with them. All right. Next question. This one from NFL Geyer. He wants to know, where are you drafting Andrew Voris, the tackle guard from USC who tore his ACL during the NFL scouting combine, likely to miss this entire year. Does feel like a Cowboys special in so many different ways, doesn't it? I I really liked Andrew Voorhees just simply because I feel like in my head canon he's Jason Voorhees' brother from the Friday the Thirteenth movies, um, <laughs> and because he's just a murderer on the field. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, somebody chopped his ACL during yeah. uh, the uh, yeah. the combine, so he's he's not going to play this year. Um, and so for me, I kind of had Voorhees in the and you tell me what you think. I mean, I was I had him as a day two guy. I think I had him as a third round pick. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think now, you know, I'd take him fifth or sixth round. I mean, I think think, fifth round is probably the sweet spot, right? I think because you're getting like you're getting a guy who you feel like could recover from the ACL. You know, maybe he still needs another red shirt year after that. I don't know, but I think or a year to get to the speed, right? Yeah, exactly. Or like that combination of both, right? And and I think. And then by the, his third season, he could be competing for a starting position, depending on what, what you have. So, uh, yeah, I think fifth round is probably probably right where I'd pull the trigger if you really wanted to make sure you were you were targeting him. And I, and I think it's worth it because you don't get that many opportunities to draft a guy who you feel like talent-wise could develop into a starter in the fifth round unless yep. they're dealing with an injury, unless they're dealing with an off-field issue, unless they're dealing with you know whatever – situation that drove them down there in the first place so let's just kind of play this out assuming let's say the cowboys draft him in the end of the fourth round or the fifth round he tore his acl in the beginning of march so typically these guys can start to practice what nine to ten months after an acl so you're talking about maybe getting onto the practice field at the start of the new year maybe but more likely you're hoping that he can compete for a swing job in 2024 yeah. and then by 2025 he's starting for you if you can find a starting offensive lineman in the fifth round and you're just yeah. willing to be a little bit patient it's worth it yeah if you can get him on the field and working out again by the end of the regular season not not with the hope of him playing this year but just that he's that's the course of his recovery yeah. and then you can ha- and he can have like somewhat close to a clean or you know, regular off season for his first off season in the NFL. I think you're hitting a good target because then yep. you're still getting the, all the benefits that you get, except for the you know the the playtime benefit that we've discussed with guys like Demon Clark and and some of these rookies who have gotten early playing time that are able to to translate that into their film study into really helping increase them. Yep. You don't get that with him, but you do get all the other stuff, right? That the time in the weight room uh, and and all the time with the team, all the times in the meetings. If, if you're able to kind of get him healthy and get him into that, then you should be able to reap some benefit by next year and then definitely something yes. by, by year three. He is certainly somebody that's on my radar as a day three option for the Cowboys because they literally do this every single year, right? Yeah. They're going to draft a guy that's Jabril hurt. Cox. Yeah, yep. or or a project guy like Matt Well, let's yep. go, and you're going to stash you for a year. Let's just see what happens because it's a day three pick. The upside is so great, especially – when you're drafting somebody from a big school like yeah. Dallas did from LSU or Boris from USC. So I think this one does make a lot of sense. Uh, Lynn, let's get to some more Twitter questions next. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we are back here with a question from Goran. He wants to know, who is the Trayvon Diggs of this year's draft? And what he means by that is a guy who the Cowboys might want at 26 who has a chance to potentially be there at 58. You might remember back in the 2020 draft, Cowboys kind of seemed like they were going to pick Trevon Diggs at 17. CeeDee Lamb ultimately fell, and then Diggs fell to them later in the second round. Who's that guy for you? Well, it's one of two guys, depending on how you say his name. It's either Steve (laughs) Avila or Steve Avila. Uh, The TCU uh, guard. TCU guard, either way. I think, you know, I think that to me seems like the guy that a lot of us would be, if we had to pick him at 26, I, I think it was, it's okay a reach, but I think it's a safe floor. If he showed up at 58, we're partying, man. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that, that's what I said. I was, I was actually on a guest on another show la- last night and someone mentioned that if, and actually we did a mock draft and in that mock draft, Avila fell to 58. And I told him. If, if that happened in the real draft, it would, without a doubt, no matter who the pick was at, at 26, it it's would be my run. favorite pick. Yep. It's a home run pick. So um, I think he's the guy that likely will, you know, that we would be okay, or at least I would be okay with at the end of the first round, who I think uh, could potentially make it to 58, though. I, I mean, honestly, th- that that area from like 42 through 58, yeah. like w- I would be holding my breath the entire time, honestly. Right, I've got two guys for you. The first is very unrealistic. To me, it's Darnell Washington, right? Mm, I can see yeah. a case where the Cowboys think about him at 26, but they feel like, you know what, the receiving upside is just not there. He's still a long ways to go. Let's just pass on tight end and see who's available. I I don't see him. Oh, wait. Are we saying Darnell Washington? Sorry, Darnell Washington. Darnell. That's not okay, right. Yeah. Darnell. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darnell Washington. Darnell, right. yeah. Darnell yeah, Washington. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that's one. The other one yeah. for me is Mozzie Smith. The Michigan yeah. defensive tackle. I, That's a good name there. We, we thought about him earlier as a potential option. I still think he could be. But it would, would it shock you if he fell to like late 40s, early 50s? Because it wouldn't for me. No. I, I mean, despite the fact that he's, you know, DT2, we almost don't even talk about Jalen Carter at this point, you yeah. know. Um, I, I think that you know, if a team doesn't specifically need that type of nose tackle, uh, there's going to be a lot, even though he's really talented, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that will potentially pass on him because they feel like they got to get their, uh, their wide receiver during a run or, you know, something like that. Uh, I, I think that would be a mistake. I think that if you need a defensive tackle, you better draft him early because well, you're certainly not going to get the opportunity late, but it, it the, thing with, the thing with Mozzie too, is maybe you just see a bunch of these other defensive tackles go ahead of him, like Brian Brzee from Clemson and or Kalijah Kansi, yeah, right? Yeah. Or maybe Tommy from Northwestern. Maybe yep. all those guys go ahead of him because they're just better athletes with more pass rush potential. Yeah, And you see like true. Mozzie fall and be the fifth defensive tackle drafted in this class. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really where you see – 
a lot of discrepancy, right? Where you're going to see a lot of what specifically the teams are looking for in their, uh, you know, for their type of defensive tackle, right? So um, it it certainly is possible. And again, since Mozzie is is the one guy whose uh, outstanding trait is more run game based as opposed to pass pass game based, there is a there is the chance that some of these other defensive tackles get drafted above him uh, yep. and that he ends up getting pushed and he falls right into the Cowboys' lap. That would be pretty incredible. All right, one more question from Goran before we head out. Uh, what is a position where if the Cowboys don't pick someone early, you can easily see them just waiting until training camp or after training camp to add a veteran? Well, I – I, I I don't know that they would completely avoid it, but I, I think that if they don't get a offensive guard, like specifically a guard, yeah, uh, early, then I still think they'll probably draft an offensive lineman. But I don't think they would draft a guard specifically later. I think they would draft a offensive because they don't need depth. Play guard, right? yeah, yeah, well, yeah, or exactly right. Like I think what they need is a starting left guard. Right. Or or mm-hmm. otherwise, they're going to have to cobble I mean, not really cobble together because I still really like the starting five of Tyler Smith yep. as your guard. But I think otherwise they're going to have to shift things around. So if they don't get a start specifically a starting guard early, then I don't know that I doubt they would draft a guard only past 90. Yeah. I right. I, I, I think that it would if, if they draft an offensive lineman, it would be a swing interior player or a, uh, a swing uh, a tackle guard type, not specifically a guy that they would be coming in to you know, specific, just play guard. 100% agree. I'll also throw in linebacker, right? Like they'll probably draft a linebacker at some point, but if they draft one on like day three, it's probably a guy that could help on special teams. But if yeah. they don't draft one with one of their first four picks, that is a spot where I could see them being like, you know what, Anthony Barr, come back and play 600 snaps for us. Or Deion Jones, you're a free agent. Come come in and compete with these guys. Or Miles Jack or whoever. It does feel like a position they could wait until mid-August to grab a guy if they felt like, you know, we don't love our depth behind Damone Clark and Leighton Van Der Esch. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if that's the case, I see them drafting a Devin Harper type, right? Yes, like, a exactly. D, like a D Winters from TCU. Yeah. We, uh, we know that the special teams coach went out and, and had a visit with, TC, with the TCU uh, team. I'm sure they were looking at kickers, but I also think he was working out D winners just because yeah. another guy who's a linebacker by name, but he's like 5'11", 225, and yeah. he runs sub 4'5". So those are the kind of uh, athletes that you look for as special teamers, exactly. you know, much like they did last year. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked on Cowboys your first listen. Again, tomorrow – We'll be back talking about our favorite sleepers in the 2023 NFL draft. You're not going to want to miss that show. Mm. Uh, go check it out. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Locked on Cowboys over there. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.